welcome to a brand new show from Simply Syndicated. This is the first spin-off we've ever done. I think I should have thought of that before I started talking. Welcome to Remote Patrol, colon, oh boy, this is the Quantum Leap show. That's right, people. It's finally happening. After This is something I've wanted to do for years. And here we are, finally. I am joined by the one and only Scott Madison. Hello, sir. Well, hello, everybody. It's a pleasure to have you here and uh, doing a show. We're doing so a I'm show, man. Very, I'm very, very excited. Uh, you and I have attempted to do a um, a two person show. You and I mm-hmm. before um, for various reasons. It did not. It didn't stick, and that's fine. Um, but if we're going to do a show, you and me, then it would be hard for me to think of a better idea of a. a a concept that's more fun than this one. Um, and this one, what was the turnaround time for this? Like what? Eight days, something like that. Nine days ago, yeah. we came up with this concept and, and we're already doing the first episode, which excites me. Now then, before we get on too much, can I ask you to record your side of this conversation, please? Yes. Sorry. I should have asked you that before we started. I will. We don't have to do anything again. I'll just, it, your sound quality will improve. That's okay. I can live with that. Um, when there's just two of us, it's no problem whatsoever. We, sh- we should make a point of doing this, actually. Because however good Skype ever is, it's never as good as you on your microphone at home. Create new podcast. Uh, you are correct. When, when, it's, uh, uh, when it's just two of us doing this show, then I will absolutely always record myself. I have to save this to the proper folder. Okay, I... I have to make sure that I'm using the proper microphone in GarageBand, and then I'll be good. I'll do input a hot built-in microphone. That's no good. Why would I do that? I've come to the conclusion that Max do occasionally just fuck with you. <laughs> I think I have to assume that uh, the last time I unplugged my snowball it was probably uh garage band was probably running when i unplugged the snowball yeah so i'm always reminded of a story i heard about somebody who was test driving a rolls royce and okay. while, while they were test driving it, it broke down and they contacted rolls royce to to get a new car sent out or whatever it was it was a journalist test sort of thing for a magazine review Mm-hmm. And the response on being told that the Rolls-Royce had broken down from Rolls-Royce was, Rolls-Royces don't break down. They just refuse to go. That's, and I've always <laughs> felt a similar sort of <laughs> attitude about Macs. Macs don't break. They just decide they're not going to work today. That's what happens. There's no, Windows machines break. You know. They just do. <laughs> yeah, they break, but Max, they don't break. They just decide not today. 
that's what they decide. Wouldn't have it any other way. Okay. Oh, you know what? I am so sorry. I've been using my uh, built-in Mac microphone for my for for Skype this whole time. All right. Does that sound better? That sounds so much better. Oh, good. Quieter though. Well, there comes a bang. You know, let me let me adjust the setting on the microphone. Hold on. Okay. How does this sound? Is this sound any better? That's much better. Okay. I'm gonna try one more. Now, how does this sound compared to the others? Go back one. Okay, we're at number two now. Oh, that's gone really crackly. Hang on, settling down. Speak again. Okay, we can we can try this setting. There's noise on that one. Hmm. Okay, let me try. Is it a blue snowball mic? Yes, it is. Um, bear with. I can't remember how I have mine set up. Because there's one of the settings is just normal. Uh, right in front of you setting. I'm, I've actually got the PDF of the instructions right in front of me. I'm just looking now. Okay. Um. These are not helpful instructions. Suggested uses, and there's a picture. Why not use it for talking into? <laughs> okay. Thank you. I will. Come on. What are the different... How to set up? Yeah, that's all fine. Pam's banging right now anyway. Oh, all right. Well, it works out then. Are you hearing that? I'm not, No. Because I, I can, Let's I can hear it through the headphones. I think go with setting number two. Okay, that is the second one that I showed. Is this one now? the The middle setting is the first one that we had, which was really quiet. All oh, right, hang on. Right here we go. Position first position. Setting activates cardioid capsule. Uh, Application speech vocals podcasting. Go for setting number one. Okay, and that's All where right. we're at right now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What it says is setting number two is the same as setting number one, but with a minus ten decibel uh, setting. That's for live music, loud sound sources, and then setting three is the whole sort of record the entire room kind of thing. Right. So you'll probably never use setting number two and you'll only use setting number three if there's lots of people with you and not everyone has a microphone. Mm-hmm. If I ever do a group podcast in my home, which means I will never use it. Mm-hmm. So setting one for you there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one is on. GarageBand is recording. I'm going to just jump back and listen to it myself. All right. Sounds good to me. And I am recording now. Awesome. Right. Totally forgotten where we were. I'll explain the show. Right. Okay. So what we're going to be doing is a show by show, episode by episode, in-depth, intelligent 
well thought out planned analysis of Quantum Leap. So there'll be pretty much as many episodes of this show as there are of Quantum Leap. That makes with sense. With a few extras if we can manage to get interviews with, say, Bakula or Stockwell. What can I say to Scott Bakula? Can we do that? What? I've never interviewed anyone, you know. No, well, well, I, I did... have, but not anyone like Scott Bakula. Right. I did one interview with um, stand-up, uh, stand-up comedian Jackie Cation. This was on my first podcast before I started uh, recording with the Simply Syndicated Network at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were maybe six episodes in, and my co-host and I were able to arrange to get her on a Skype call. And my intention was to tie in with her podcast, uh, The Dork Forest, and talk nerdy stuff, talk science fiction, talk what makes geeks cool and and whatnot. And the only memory I have walking away from that episode is it was 45 minutes of this stand-up comedian who had been on Last Comic Standing, who is a success, asking, have you read this book? And the both of us being forced to say no. Oh, <laughs> I oh. do not relish the idea of going back and listening to that episode again. Yeah. That's close as I've had to an interview, I've... but I know it's possible. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. People do it, but I've never done it, and I I think it's kind of weird that I've never done it. But I I was wondering, what am I going to say? What am I going to ask Scott Bakula? Well, this is why you come up with the questions beforehand. I know, but I don't know what I want to know. Like right now, like if I I have no burning questions for him. Like, so what was it like making Quantum Leap? You know, and he's gonna be like, "Well, it was fun, and we worked hard and got stuff done, and we were all friends. It was great, and that that's it." You never imagine where these things are gonna go while you're making them. <laughs> blah blah. I've you know, it's it's all a bit generic, isn't it? It's the same thing I'd ask of Shatner and that sort of thing. I have nothing to say to William Shatner other than sit there and go, "You're awesome. You are." Oh, I love Boston Legal and Star Trek and shit. Oh, I've even seen the first three seasons of TJ Hooker. <laughs> I've got I've got nothing to ask him other than, do you want to be my mate? Should we go for Should we go out for a burger and stuff? Hang out, you know? Do you want to come and play Xbox, Bill? Can I call you Bill? It doesn't It doesn't go well, <laughs> you know. If you can, if you can arrange the interview, I promise to come up with the questions, and it won't be. The same questions that everyone asks. I'll come up with some new and interesting questions. That'll be our. That'll be teamwork. Have you you'll, ha- you'll be Sam. I'll be Al, and we will put the interview together. Yeah. Have you ever seen Community? Uh, I've seen a few. There is an episode in which uh, Troy gets to meet Lavar Burton, and it, it it just destroys him emotionally because he can't speak to Lavar Burton because it's Lavar <laughs> Burton. He said he never wanted to meet him. You can't meet him and, and speak to him. It's it's terrifying. And he ends up just in a, a, a emotional mess heap on the floor of the, the bathroom singing the theme tune to Reading Rainbow. Um, and I, I kind of... that That's what would happen to me. I can't talk to these people. I don't want to talk to them. They're, I'm happier with them on television. I, and what's weird, I know actors... I know that's all they are, but they're not. He's he's Doctor Sam Beckett, mm-hmm. and so I have I have nothing I can say. Well, I I I remember when I met um, Cole Meany, uh, Chief O'Brien from from Star Trek, and also when I met George Takei 
I was very much like uh, like a 10-year-old having no idea what to say. This might have had something to do with the fact that I was 10 years old. <laughs> but I, I, I know what you mean. I, yeah. can, I can relate. And this, this was proven to me a couple of years ago when we met Pendulette after the Penn and Teller show in Vegas. They do the meet and greet. We, mm-hmm. we met and greeted. And you, I, had, I could barely speak to the man. I certainly don't think I said anything that made any any sense. <laughs> I all I can remember is the look on his face and that look of, "Are you broken?" Do I, if no, if you were bigger, I'd worry about calling security. That kind of look, <laughs> you know. And it was all just a blur, and so I, I can't I can't do it professionally. <sighs> so Scott Bakula will have to just talk to you. I mean, by all means, if if you, I would never say no interview with Scott Bakula, I just don't know if I could do it. That's that's all I'm saying, you know. Well, it would be worth a shot, and if you do fall apart on mic during an interview, mm-hmm. then Scott and I, it, it'll be the two Scots, and we can just kind of you know chuckle at the um, at the discomfort of Richard and continue on with the interview. That's almost the show I want to I want to listen to anyway. The two Scots. <laughs> that that just sounds fantastic. If we can get him, we'll ask him if he wants to, you know, if he wants to step into the world of podcasting. He might want to. You never know. He might be bored with NCIS New Orleans. Is that still running? I don't know. He said he was in it. <laughs> He's in it. I didn't know if it was going to continue on. I got him all to, I've got him safe to watch. And I, I've never seen NCIS before. No, I, I saw a bit of one on a plane once. That That's it. Um... And so I, 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 I'm going to watch this based on Scott Bakula's presence. I haven't seen anything is, else he's done since Quantum Leap. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, what? I haven't seen any, have... n- nothing else. And you call yourself a Star Trek fan? Oh, shit, yeah. Apart from... <laughs> God, I forgot all about that. That's that was, terrible. That was too perfect. That's terrible. But, yeah... Wow, that's... Wow. I have ruined Star Trek for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I... I the, what is holding up the production of More Make It So is my refusal to watch more Star Trek. That's That's pretty much what's holding us up. We want to do best of episodes... And that sort of thing, and we can't because I've got to rewatch Voyager season one, and boy, have I been putting that off! Wow, <laughs> it's been months, months since we decided I was going to have to rewatch Voyager season one, and uh, not happening, <laughs> not happening. Sorry. I know I'm going to have to do it at some point as well when I take Nikki through the uh, uh, the full viewing. Yeah, but we are a little bit behind. Uh, Voyager started at what the beginning of uh, season one of Voyager was equal to season what of Deep Space Nine four? Oh, good question. That feels a little late. It was either three or four. Yeah, and we are over halfway through season four right now, and we still haven't started Voyager. Uh, don't let that ruin your love of Star Trek while you watch Deep Space Nine, which should kindle your love of Star Trek. Maybe I need to, I, I need to watch that. We're way off topic already. We've been going like half an hour. This is terrible, Scott. I'm dragging us back. <laughs> I just, just hit me. We're here to talk about Quantum Leap, not Star Trek. 
this is not make it so i keep <sighs> pa- if i do weird pauses in my speech i'm not passing out or having a stroke or something i'm waiting for banging to finish okay i i, I know you can't hear it but it's driving me batty quite <laughs> frankly it's it's what the fuck is she banging Anyway, I have to cut it out every time I moan about the banging, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> so, Quantum Leap Episode 1, the pilot, the the important one. You've got to see this one. It's where it all starts. Yet, oddly enough, it seems light on the exposition and plot explanation. It is, isn't it? I, I don't know. I kind of felt that... I, I suppose what you're kind of setting up is is more so the concept of Quantum Leap, the show, rather than the individual story of the episode. Do you know what it's kind of like? It's like your origin story uh, superhero movies rarely have a particularly good storyline beyond the story of the origin thing. Right. It's... It, it is a bit like, um, like like an origin story with the same uh, problems and uh, pitfalls that you come across with that. Yet, as I was watching the pilot, which had an episode title, which these days is unusual. They usually call the first episode pilot. This one, um, it was a feature-length episode entitled Genesis, not a Bible show. And it seemed to me that it was focusing quite a bit on the story of that individual leap, but the explanations for who Sam is. It's a while before we even figure out his name is Sam. It is indeed. No, no, I'm sorry. They they say his name right at the beginning. It's a while before Sam finds out his name is Sam. And in particular, his surname. Yeah. It's almost the end of the episode by the time he finds out his last name. Mm. Uh, Likewise with finding out that he holds six doctorates and he created Project Quantum Leap. The the backbone of the series came out very slowly and the details were sparse. They were focusing a lot more on the story of him as a test pilot in the 50s. And it always felt to me like we were going to get my, my my weak memory of the pilot episode had more explanation for how leaping worked, what the point of it was, who Sam actually was and filling in the gaps in his memory that took up more of the episode in, in looking for me, looking back on it than in reality it actually did. By the time we got to the end, I was thinking to myself, I hope that, my wife likes it because it seems a little light on on series details and heavy on episode details, if that makes sense. It does. I I don't necessarily agree that it was light on necessary explanation. I, I was comfortable with what they explained. But I, I found it interesting that a lot of it changes, um, you know, as, as as you would expect from a pilot. I think in this this pilot episode, they play up his memory loss so much more than they do as the series progresses. Mm -hmm. And eventually, kind of pretty much abandon it altogether. Yeah, if it's it's convenient for the plot in later seasons for him to not remember something, then they'll say, oh, well, it must be your Swiss cheese memory that you don't remember this. But it's relied on very little. 
usually I think those moments where he conveniently forgets stuff in the future is when it's beneficial to the audience to have Al explain something. You know, there's mm-hmm. this kind of all the, well, you don't remember because of your Swiss cheese brain, but this happened and then that happened and then this guy got assassinated and all this shit happened. And, you know, I remember sitting there as I kind of learned a lot from Quantum Leap. Um, <laughs> just because it, it it took you around history to, to different eras and sometimes different key points in history and all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. It's uh, a history lesson every week. It is. With this show. It is. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think I realized why it felt to me that the the pilot was light on on details for the overarching story. And I think I'm comparing it to more modern television. I'm comparing it to a, a series that would be made now in 2015 as opposed to a series made in 1989 like this one mm-hmm. was. Shows these days, they're going to make the pilot and they are going to front load it with as many details as they can to set up the rest of the season because shows these days rely on one story that follows through the whole season. Oh yeah. And not episode by episode that you can watch in whatever order you want. They don't do that anymore. They need a 13 or 23 episode movie. It's one story from beginning to end and they need to put as many details as possible to set up that story and hook the viewers right in the pilot. That was not as important back in 1989. They wanted to make a good show that the quality of it would keep the viewers there. And they put in enough details to generate some interest and you can watch for more later on. But they couldn't make the series dependent on that season or series long story because that's not how TV was done back then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It's also kind of a it is a concept show. And it must it must have been very difficult to pitch when you think about it, that we it's this story about this guy traveling through time. Fair enough. That that's good for TV. We can deal with that. His best mm-hmm. mate's a hologram that only he can see that leads to some amusing moments and that sort of thing. We can get on board with that. And then you say, and what what happens then? What are, what are the other main characters? No, no other main characters. Just just those two. And he'll <laughs> he'll jump to a different. It'll be a different person every week different set of characters everything like every at the end of every week we just wipe out everything you've just seen and start again and i i can just imagine the executive's face dropping a bit like so no no bigger story arcs no sort of regular recurring characters apart from those two one of which isn't even real um there's nothing you know there's very little to hang on to week to week yeah, no, no attractive young actress who will be there every single episode mm. that we can find excuses to put her in bikinis. All of this stuff just just missing from Quantum Leap, yep. and it's simply a case of no. Just every week he's going to be a different person. I think this is part of the the problem with how long it ran for, and it it, it finished with a, a great deal of controversy. The fans were very upset when it was cancelled eventually mm-hmm. the show after five seasons and i think the problem is it could conceivably still be running today um it, it's one of those just it, there's no nothing to tie it down to itself just uh, just think of a new thing this week is this guy 
and next week he's a woman and the week after he's a kid who's disabled yeah. and it moves on and on and you could just do that infinitely forever the, the concept the concept of the show is evergreen mm. there's there's nothing that says you can't keep this going forever as long as you have the actors you can keep on doing the show the only limit is the imagination and the quality of the writers exactly it's i mean it's it's not too dissimilar to sort of you know we mentioned ncis and you know similar shows like csi and criminal minds that sort of thing it's like just you can write these forever they, they it doesn't matter just keep doing them forever you could even mm-hmm. take one story and just put different characters in it and that's fine it would work out the same because they kind of all do. We kind of fall into this like, oh, so-and-so is going to kill themselves. So you've got to stop it. Or so-and-so is going to be murdered and you've got to stop it. Or, you know, the range of things over time, I think, became a bit limited. Maybe it, maybe it did end at the right time. I don't know. Maybe that's sacrilege for suggesting such a thing. It, it's It sounds bad to say it that way, but. We we should acknowledge the fact that, yes, <clears throat> by the time we got to the later seasons, some of the basic storylines, Sam shows up, this person's in trouble, Sam must save this person from whatever's happening. Yeah. And some of them were, were bound to sound a little bit familiar, but that's the way television is these days. Watch any episode of NCIS. Yeah. I guarantee you I'm going to know who did it halfway through the show because it's all the same story. The only thing that makes it different is the interaction of the characters and some of the set dressing and some of the little details. That's what makes the shows new. Yeah. So the basic premise of any given Quantum Leap episode will eventually start to sound familiar. As they got to the later seasons, they tried doing some new things, which we're not going to go into right now because we want to keep this podcast fairly spoiler-free for any new listeners, for, for any listeners who are not familiar with the show. If you want to watch along with us for the first time, we're going to do our very best to not spoil anything down the road. But suffice to say, as we get to later seasons, if they had introduced, if they had started to introduce lightly, mildly, some longer uh, storylines, some overarching elements, something that would carry over for several episodes, or something that they lay a seed for in one season, and that becomes a big fixture in the next yeah. season, they would have to start working in longer running plot threads. I think it would have served them well if they had done more that took place in the future at Project Quantum Leap that could allow them a stable uh, base of operations for stories to come out of because Sam never stayed in one place for more than an episode. If you want a stable location, go to Project Quantum Leap and you can do story. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start pitching my, my revival uh, for the show that I, I think could absolutely work, (laughs) but no one wants to hear it. So I, I need to, I need to control myself. Get your thoughts down on paper with it and then, you know, find the right person to pitch it to oh i've already done that it's right next to my pitch for how we can revive uh the stargate television franchise i'm not sure i want to do that though that's to, to quote <laughs> dr ian malcolm don't do something just i'm not it's not even quoting a fictional character shut up richard don't do no, something it, just because you can do something it, because you should it's a good concept it's a good concept i ran it by the mighty zupka and he and he backs me up and that's good enough for me okay fair enough fair enough so in our first episode, we're going to meet characters for the first time. We meet off by we start off meeting Al, who I think is actually quite incredibly creepy when he picks that woman up at the side of the road. But she <laughs> seems to go for it. 
<laughs> you know, he, I would... back in back in eighty nine, Lecherous was Lecherous was good. <laughs> it, it, actually, I was in two minds about whether I would even stop because, on the one hand, do you know what? If I saw a woman broken down at the side of the road on her own, I wouldn't stop to help her. I'll tell you why. Not because I don't care or not because I don't want to help, but because I think that a man on his own in a car approaching a woman who's broken down in a car might give her more cause for distress. However nice and not rapey I am, I I think that would upset a woman more than me just driving on by and letting her call the AA on a mobile, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, and plus, what am I going to do? I can't fix the fucking car. So it... <laughs> It, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to upset somebody if I stop. Yet, when Al does it, we find out, of course, that there are, like, coyotes and shit like that. So if he doesn't stop, maybe she'll be eaten by something. So I, I kind of understand why he would stop. The being a bit lecherous is perhaps a bit over the top, but hey, she's hot. Uh, I, maybe, I guess. I was <laughs> I was paying more attention to her uh, to her heels with lights in them. Everything had lights. It's the future, Scott. That's what everything's going to be like. Well, that's what everything was like 16 years ago. Is that when... I was actually wondering, and I missed it, when the year it was meant to be. They, they haven't they haven't specified in the show yet. So, okay, I did just kind of put a little spoiler. But it will be established yes. um, later in the series that Project Quantum Leap is uh, is taking place in 1999. Right, okay. I couldn't remember. I, for some reason, felt it was supposed to be around now. But, yeah, it's in the past. That's so bizarre now, as well, that the future that they're doing is 15 years ago. Yeah. That's just a, you know, quite I, a jarring I missed, thing. I missed the two-month phase here in the U.S. where um, a, a neon star pin on your lapel and little <laughs> uh, white LED lights in, in your high heels were considered the fashion i'm i'm surprised that has never become a thing because it's so technologically possible that yeah, well we have them in, in in sneakers well ki- um, kids do right you know it's it's doable and and kids get away with it but you know i'm surprised it's never become a fashion thing for adults to have something that lights up or sparkles or flashes or whatever even if it's just like a brooch or or something like that I don't yeah, think instead I... we got T-shirts that changed color with the temperature. Yeah, they were no good because they just showed off that you were hot and sweaty. Yep. <laughs> really? That's what I ever thought of. Yeah, great. I can see exactly why you're sweating there. That's very attractive. Very attractive indeed. Uh, <laughs> what were they called? Global hypercolor. Yep, hypercolor. That was it. it. Changes from pink to slightly darker pink. Or whatever it was, they weren't that impressive, were they? I, I think there's an episode of Remastered coming that's going to have to discuss hypercolor. I think, yeah, someone's going to have to make a note of that. That's that's a good one. I seem to remember if your mum ironed them too much, they just broke. There was something, I don't know. We were into colour-changing things in the, the 80s. I don't know what that was about. I had Hot Wheels cars that change colour and stuff. Mm-hmm. You got them yep. wet and they change colour. I'm like, why? And it happened in Quantum Leap as well. Someone who is flesh tone turns blue. Do they? And lights up and disappears. He does. You see, I brought it back. You did. Well done there. Um, (laughs) 
it's, it's uh, so it, it was in 1999, and uh, Al was creepy, and everything lights up in the future, but we don't get to see the future all that much because it was yeah, it was just that opening scene that showed us the future, and then the rest of it took place over not one but two leaps in that first episode, which is very unusual. It's extremely unusual, isn't it? Um, personally, I think it's it's simply because they were making it clear in the pilot to the audience he's not always going to be a fighter pilot mm-hmm. if, if you're thinking he's done this leap and now he's this fighter pilot guy and has got to deal with it no no it's every week different thing and so they make that clear in the pilot with the extra sort of half an episode ish that they they tag on the end there yeah um and then we have him leap again i can't remember what he leaps into next but it, it gets good fast he leaps into a professor at the end of it Right. Apparently, a professor. He's wearing the the plaid suit. He's got a pipe and glasses, mm-hmm. and he's in front of the classroom with the blackboard behind him. And he does not say the iconic line. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. I did not. Um, ah, yes. And this is and the next one, which obviously will be our next week's show. Is yeah, we start getting recognizable guest cast. Um. Although not at the time. Right. Well, it was the same thing with uh, Next Generation, which started two years previous. Yeah. Lots of guest stars on that show that you had no idea who they were. And then when you see them famous years later, you never remember they were on Next Generation. This was uh, Terry Hatcher was on Next Generation. Kirsten Dunst appeared on Next Generation. So Uh, many They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at Dean Stockwell's IMDb. I see he was also on an episode of NCIS New Orleans. Probably. Oh, did he? Sh- he showed up on that already. Yeah. Yeah. I know he did. He did a couple episodes of Enterprise. I remember. I think. Well, maybe it, two. It's it's a nerd audience grab when you've got a series with Scott Bakula in. You've got to do a guest appearance of Dean Stockwell. Of course. They they're linked forever. That's that's always true. I'm kind of sad that that hasn't happened to other on-screen couplings. Like I, I wish that in everything Patrick Stewart was in, Jonathan Frakes would just show up and be given an order, and then leave. Right. I, it it happened on Family Guy, but that doesn't count. Exactly. That's that's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. No, I mean like everything that has Patrick Stewart. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm rambling now it's his new series blunt talk on i can't remember what uh i can't remember what network it's on might be on stars i don't know i forget but he's got a new series it's called blunt talk and i haven't seen it yet but i have the first couple episodes ready to watch my wife and i are going to sit down and watch it because we love patrick stewart i would like to see jonathan frake show up just just once just for a scene Mm. yeah just for a scene and then be gone for the same reason, I would have liked to see Scott Bakula show up on an episode of Battlestar Galactica when Dean Stockwell was on. Oh, that would have been good. I might have watched that one. I might might have done. Might have done. Um, where should we go next? So, what do you the the this particular story? It's um, it was a fine, nice stock episode. The early ones are kind of. I don't know where I'm going with this. The, the you're, you're talking about the individual mm. leap from this pilot episode. It's a good pilot episode, isn't it? Yeah, it's 
it's not intentionally dry and slow in order to make room for the the grander plot um but it's also not it's not an especially powerful and uh affecting leap there will be other episodes where the particular leap that he is in is really going to grab you it's going to be a powerful uh emotional important story that you're really going to be invested in this one. It's just kind of middle of the road. He's okay. He's a test pilot. He's having some trouble adjusting. He figures out the issue and he addresses it and he solves a problem and everyone's happy. It's not something like say for, okay, a minor spoiler. It's not the episode where he leaps into uh, a prisoner on death row, where he leaps into the electric chair. That one was terrifying, right? That entire episode had higher emotional stakes, and it sticks with you more. This one, it's it's middle of the road. It it doesn't want to scare anyone away by being uh, too strong a story, but it's not going to it, it's not going to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's not going to lowball the story. Um to make it easier for the audience to get on board. Yeah. I think it needs that they needed to strike that right balance of something that was interesting enough to keep you on board and yet not detract from sort of just setting up the scenario that Mm -hmm. because it's a concept show, that's such an important thing to get right as quickly as possible. And they, they do a really good job of that. Um, It's something i always admired for the this show for is that ultimately you know and this is a spoiler that's not that he's going to win he's going to save the day every episode <laughs> that's that's going to happen mm-hmm. it this, this series does uh suffer a little bit from the gilligan's island syndrome which is you know how the episode is going to end in the general broad sense for Gilligan's Island, you know, no matter what their scheme is, they are not getting off that island. Because if they do, the series is over. Sam is not going to fail in his leap, because if he does, then he is stuck, and the series is over. Exactly. So you know that he is going to come out on top, just like with most series, you know that they're not going to kill the main character, because without Mark Harmon, you have no NCIS. Exactly. So, but they always make you care. And mm-hmm. and actually, I think the way they do it, they do that is by really writing the the characters that Sam encounters. Well, you're not ne- you're not worried about Sam because you know he's going to be all right one way or another. It's these these people that he encounters that they manage to forge great emotional co- uh, relationships with right away. Um, you, you care about in this ep- instance his wife. You get to see the the stress and upset that these women go through at being married to test pilots which i mm-hmm. can't imagine is fun on a day-to-day basis um they give you some great historical context with this one he's trying to go mac 3 it's all it's all very exciting and it, it involves explosions and all kinds of things it's yeah, explosions that we don't tend to see because they didn't want to blow their effects budget they they were going to spend enough of that on making uh, Dean Stockwell walk through objects. At least once an episode. Oh, At yeah. least once per episode. And if you could get in a joke about him being t- lower than the floor or floating in the air, that was so much the better. 
that that always was, got thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was another. Yes, I got it. I almost lost my point, but I found it. Um, in addition to the supporting characters that Sam uh, meets on every leap, including this one in the pilot. Yes, they are written quite well. And the writers do make us care for them. And that is out of necessity because we know every week these are disposable characters. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be here next week. So if you're going to care about the story for this episode, if you're going to care about this leap, they have to make us care about the supporting characters right away. And they were always very good at being on the ball by writing these characters well, making them relatable, and making us invest in them immediately. Uh, the same with uh, Bakula. They need to write him in a particular way. So they made him very sympathetic um, and just someone that you want to root for, especially when he's a little bit lost. He's not sure exactly how to proceed, but you get in some of those moments in the pilot, for example, he is driving with peg at night and just having a, a husband and wife conversation. And some of the little, the little funny lines, the little witty remarks that are wit- that they're funny to us, the audience, because he's referring to his situation. Yeah. It's not funny to peg because she doesn't get it. And just the way he's able to deliver some of these little lines, it it's those small glimpses into Scott Bakula being a much better performer than I think a lot of people give him credit for. I think he's a great performer. I, I've never had a, a problem with the Scott Bakula performance in my life. Mm-hmm. I liked him as Captain Archer. See, I've remembered that he was in Star Trek. I, <laughs> I enjoyed him as Captain Archer. Um how good a character that was in general, I'm prepared to sit and debate at some point, but I thought he was good in the role. Yes. And especially when he, the character was given a chance to be a little bit grittier and a little bit... He, he was so nice. That was the problem with Archer. He was very polite. And it was the the times when that facade broke down that I enjoyed the character a lot more, and Scott Bakula was always good at doing that. Um, and I, I think they should have let him do it more. I think it would have been a better series if they let him do it more. And he gets that chance to really push his range in Quantum Leap. It's mm-hmm. It must be a kind of dream job for an actor. You know, you, you, the range of stuff you're going to get to do. Now, every week, you're not only able to play the same character every week and develop him, build him, get to know that character more and more. But at the same time, in a particular way, you're playing a completely different character every week. Yeah. Now, there's always going to be a flavor of Sam in every performance that Sam, the character, gives. In the pilot episode, he had to be, uh, what, it was Tom, right? Yeah. Yes, Tom. Uh, So throughout the episode, Sam has to pretend to be Tom. But, and we'll see this more in in future episodes, as as he gets better at leaping, he becomes better at playing the part of the person he is inhabiting. Yeah, I also think that ties into them for removing the memory loss bit of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so disoriented when he jump when he wakes up as Tom. If you had him do that every week, it would quickly become very boring. Oh and, yeah, because it would be the same first twenty minutes every episode. Yeah. Of- who am I? And, Who is this person? And you'd end up with so. There, I mean, there are times when they leap him into some something at a. They they like to 
do it where he leaps, leaps into someone at a really critical moment that would make anyone gasp and go, oh boy. Um, yeah. And it becomes harder to do that if every 20 minutes of the, you know, the first 20 minutes of the episode needs to be, oh, you're Dr. Sam Beckett, blah, 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 all that stuff. And yeah, we get bored of that as an audience very quickly because we don't have memory loss, uh, usually. You, you, so, usually it depends on what you were doing an hour before the show yeah um although in 1989 i was sat quietly probably or playing with toys i was nine <laughs> or, ten or we, we were 10 years old that's just what we did we would sit patiently and wait for the show yeah because there was nothing else to do that was what the 80s were like quiet mm-hmm. um right where else should we go with this do we want to discuss the um, the job of the production designers in how every episode – I know that this, this episode of Oh Boy is kind of serving as a general series overview as well as a pilot episode review. Mm-hmm. But this is as good a place as any to do it. Do we want to discuss the, the job of the production designer to create a new time period, a new year every episode? Oh, yeah. I mean, they did it twice in this one. They didn't have a whole lot of work to do to dress up a baseball diamond to look like it was what late sixties, early seventies, something like that. Yeah, I don't think they were putting up the uh, the date and the year on the screen every time he leaped. Yet they will do that soon. It, it's not always important though, and I, I think as as you become more accustomed to how they do different periods of history then you kind of just always detect where they're going. Um, in in this pilot episode, it's not that important that we know, I, I don't think. But you're absolutely right. The The way that they come up with something completely new week after week in the, the design and the look of the show. I was actually going to mention the, the makeup department who come up with a new hairstyle for Scott Bakula every single week. Um, that bit's impressive in itself. His hair is always just a slightly shorter version of the hair the norm, the person he's leaped into has. Really? Yeah, it changes all the time. And so, oh, that's something I'm going to have to watch out for. I thought that his hair always stayed the same, except for, like, say, from one season to another, when the actor would get a haircut. Or, as we'll notice uh, later on in the series, he'll have that, that white streak right in the front that's going to start showing up in a season or two. I'm still unsure. Is that white streak added or is that Scott Bakula's hair? I don't actually know. I'm looking in the IMDb trivia. Maybe it's in there. It's not in the trivia. Right. I I read all the trivia last night after I watched the pilot and, and that is not in there. The, the trouble is Bakula's hair on Enterprise was too short for me to be able to tell if he still had that, that white streak in there. Um, if they put it in for the show, then they never explained it. Yeah. They do have him age, because obviously he ages, but mm-hmm. I've not seen him with it that, that white stripe in anything else. So maybe they did add it. Maybe they did. That's going to call for some research. I will have an answer next episode. Yeah. We'll look into that, people. Definitely. I, I need to know these things. They're usually on the internet somewhere. Usually. Mm. Well, I, I think we should sort of bring this one to a close. Because, like you say, we've done a nice sort of overview of the series. We know where we're going now. We'll get into discussing the individual episodes 
a, a lot more next week. And I, I think we'll discover a lot more about the characters as we progress. I don't want to over-egg the cake on episode one, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm looking forward to this journey we're going to take now. Uh, I needed a bit of coaxing to watch it again, but I'm into it again now. I, mm-hmm. Quantum Leap's the, sh- the kind of show that I forget about for a bit until I see, I'll catch just a bit of one. And you'll just get that poke in the ribs over, you remember how good this is? Watch them all again. And so you go and do it, and they're amazing. Um, a- any little reminder of the series in general, even without seeing it on television, someone will say, you know what I re- remember i remember quantum leap and instant the first thought and you can't even lie the first thought that you have when someone says you remember quantum leap your first thought is i gotta watch that again yeah absolutely um if you've never seen quantum leap it's time now i'm actually just trying to open the itunes store to see if it's available in there because i know it's not available in its entirety on netflix um yeah it's not available at all on netflix in the uk and uh, certainly the pilot episode of season one is missing in the u.s store so mm-hmm. i'm just wondering if i wanted to buy it I've this had... this series finale is also unavailable on uh netflix us why do that that is so frustrating um i don't understand i i think uh rather like the trouble that they had making the dvds years ago is it comes down to music rights and that's something you're going to run into with a show like this it took place in so many different years and time mm-hmm. periods what is one of the quickest ways for television to inform the viewer of when a story is taking place, music from that time period. Yep. It will instantly date the story and it gives you something to lock into and, and or latch onto to get you into the proper mindset for the story. And they would do that with so many episodes, but the trouble with music rights on television versus home video, they don't always transfer over. That's, Part of the reason why uh, Batman, uh, the 66 series, had trouble getting to DVD because of the rights for TV versus home video mm-hmm. were clashing. Maybe we'll get the originals on Netflix at some point. I'm having a... But until then, find them where you can and watch them along with us. Yeah. Because it's not going to be disappointing. I, I want to say two, maybe three times within the 90 minutes following... Um, our viewing of the pilot last night, my wife turns to me and says, I'm really glad you introduced me to the show. And this is just after the pilot. And she reminded me of this three times <laughs> after we watched it because that this is how much I can tell she enjoyed the pilot. There you go. It's it's so good. It's just so good. I'm, I'm confused now. I've got a problem here. I've, op- I've found that iTunes in the UK do sell Quantum Leap Season 1. But there's two extra episodes in it, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on there. It's now epi- season one is is nine episodes. If you count the pilot split up into two episodes, there are basically eight. Uh, but then iTunes have a episode ten and eleven, and those episodes are what price, Gloria, and a a, a portrait for Trojan, and those aren't the next two episodes. In season two. This is very um, odd. Uh, uh, what price, Gloria, that iTunes is selling as episode 10 is actually the fourth episode of season two. And a portrait for Trojan is... Wow, that's way down the list in season two. Hmm. I think what ended up happening, 
uh, see for for season two i don't have episode titles here but at what price gloria is the episode that if we follow his leaps it takes place after the season one finale because mm-hmm. he he finishes the leap from the the season one finale and moves on to the next one and that leads into what price gloria but they did not air that as the season two premiere they aired that as the I think the fourth episode. So it looks like iTunes has taken the direct follow-up to the season one finale Ah, and moved it to ah, the end of season one to keep it in line. Yes. I do remember that between seasons, there was often a, you'd see him leap into something that you'd never see the conclusion for, or it would come Mm -hmm. later. Um, Maybe that's a similar thing. It's quite disappointing that there's only season one available. I don't, yeah, it must be problems with music rights. Otherwise, why not just make them available? It, it must be something like that. They um, should be. Available. They should all be available. Yeah. They should be available for free. Let everyone watch it. The show is amazing. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, oh gosh, there's some Quantum Leap fan fiction podcasts as well. I shouldn't have just searched Quantum Leap on the iTunes stuff. Anyway, right. We'll be back next week with another one of these. Well, we'll be discussing the second episode of Quantum Leap. I th- I think we should have a email address so that people can email us and share their views and opinions with us. And off the top we of should. my head, that will be oboy at simplysyndicated.com. Makes sense, right? So if, I think so. O-H-B-O-Y. Yeah. So if you want to email us, please feel free to do so. It would be interesting to get some email. Tell us what you think of various episodes relative to what we're discussing, you know, and we can we can have your views on the show and either agree or disagree with you or whatever. Uh, and if there are if there are points or aspects of a particular Quantum Leap episode that you want us to discuss when we get there, Go ahead, send us those as well. As long as you send it to us before we record for that episode of Quantum Leap, we'll make sure to work that into the discussion. I think it's quite possible that people are going to come up with things that you and I don't think of. Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm more than happy to have those things emailed to me. So do do please do so, people. That would be awesome. Oh, boy, it's simplysyndicated.com. So without further ado, I was trying to think if we could do some sort of weird leaping off joke, but no. I can't think of anything. Not off the top of our heads. We'll see if we can come up with something mm. for, for next time. I was toy- we should try to find a sound effect, though. We should. And I was kind of... Do you know what else was t- kind of toying with the idea of trying to rebuild the opening narration bit of the show? But instead mm-hmm. of just copying it straight from Quantum Leap, make it about us and have someone re-record it. But I don't know if having that music on there would just get us pulled off SoundCloud immediately and just be mo- much more trouble than it's worth. So we'll we'll see. I might, might use my brother-in-law's electric piano and come up with something that sounds like the Quantum Leap theme, but is not. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, right, we'll be back next week, people. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>